Welcome, welcome, welcome to Core of Score. I'm your host, Javon Kwaku, and we are about to embark on a journey through the kart racer genre. Now, the kart racers have always been a staple of my childhood, and for pretty much for better or worse, and I'll get into that in a little bit, but like, kart racers are, I think, a huge problem because they represent pretty much all emotions happening at the same time. Like, you play a round of Mario Kart. You play through, I don't know, um, it's a classic, um, like Waluigi Stadium. And you, you, you're feeling all right. You're, you're in first place. You're doing great. And then you get hit by a blue shell. And then you get hit by a red shell. And then you get hit by a banana. I don't Somebody's sniping you from somewhere else. I have no clue. The whole stage is against you. This is what it feels like to play Mario Kart. But this is, but for some reason, we keep playing. And that's what I really want to get at. That's, that's why I say that kart races really represent, like, the duality of man. You can experience happiness. You can experience sadness. You can experience joy, pain, confusion, all that in the span of a three-minute race. And so I want to show you, I want to make you listen to what the genre has to offer what the best songs I think are. Um, actually, not not necessarily the best songs, but some of the best selection of music from the genre, from the car racer genre. You might actually know a lot of these songs, or at least um, a majority of them, because I will be playing some Mario Kart Wii music later, and I know you have played Mario Kart Wii. Everybody has played Mario Kart Wii. But, um, but I'm going to get you guys started with a couple of our bit bangers this is gonna be let's see here this is gonna be nicktoons racing hey arnold by martin goodall and then after that you'll be listening to a song from diddy kong racing which is dark moon caverns credits by david wise these are some fantastic songs and after that we'll be back so please take a listen.
Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Core of Score. What you just heard was Hey Arnold by Martin Goodall off of Nicktoons Racing and Dark Moon Caverns by David Wise off of Diddy Kong Racing. And those are two games that I haven't really gotten a chance to play that much. I know Nicktoons Racing is actually a pretty solid game. I think it came out in 1999 or 2001 or somewhere in between that time frame and it's a pretty solid kart racer and you really wouldn't see that with a lot of different um kart racers out there because a lot of them are just franchise tie-ins like m&m's kart racer or um or just not they're not given the love and care that a original game or a game from a really established franchise would uh, would give it and so because of that, not all the kart racers have good music, have good gameplay, are good in general. But despite that, we have a solid one coming up for you for the break here. After the break, we're going to go into scorecard and we have Sonic Rider Zero Gravity, which, I mean, it's technically a kart racer and Crash Team Racing. So those are going to be some hot stuff, some really good ones. But like I said, uh, during the break, we're going to be playing uh, City Slicker, Prohibited Sight, by I really don't know. I Like I was searching pretty much everywhere, scouring the web for this, but I could not for the life of me find who wrote this song or who wrote the soundtrack for Garfield Cart. And... I I mean, maybe that's just a telltale sign. Maybe nobody wants to attribute themselves to this, to this project. Uh, nobody wants to put their name on this brand. And for good reason, <laughs> uh, Bill Murray is still still in my heart for uh, for those, those two Garfield movies he was in. Still enjoy those. But, but yeah, I'm going to get started. I'm going to um, come back after this break. But you are listening to Core of Score on WPPM 106.5 FM, Philadelphia. Welcome back to Core of Score. We are about to start our scorecard segment, and today we have Sonic Riders Zero Gravity uh, by Kenichi Takoi, Tomonori Sawada, Fumi Kumitani, and Hideaki Kobayashi. Now, I will get started by playing one of the songs from Sonic Riders. Actually, I will introduce the game a tiny, tiny bit. 
Now, Sonic Riders has kind of, <laughs> it's kind of a game that's like foundational in my childhood. And um, actually, I have a <laughs> pretty funny story to tell. But, um, but Sonic Riders was like one of my favorite games growing up as a kid because uh, it was like pretty much the first like racer I had. I actually played, uh, I think the first game I ever played was F-Zero GX on a SNES at this like random hotel I was staying at before we actually like moved into our house in uh in Maryland. And so so racers has always been like kind of foundational to me. I played a lot of NASCAR at my neighbor's house. Yeah. <laughs> played a lot of Mario Kart. Um and then when we got like Sonic Riders on the GameCube, that was that was crazy to me. First of all, that game is so difficult. It is like insanely hard to learn as a kid because there's so many mechanics so many different things that you just wouldn't get as a little kid and um, when I grew a little bit older and I figured out how to really navigate around around it I found it a lot more fun and it's probably one of my favorite like racer racers or like racing games I've ever played and um, and I always wanted to get uh, Sonic Riders Zero Gravity when it came out on the Wii but just never got around to it. I never really like got a lot of games as a kid. So the ones I had, I played a lot. <laughs> and the ones I didn't have, I like watched a lot of it. I read a lot about it. And so Sonic Riders Zero Gravity has like a really interesting like story. It's really story focused. It's like a lot of like, the Sonic Riders games take themselves too seriously in their story, but they are also like really comical and show a different side of like I guess Sonic and the gang. And it's uh it's a whole lot of fun, but um I will get into uh, Sealed Ground by Kenichi Takoi, off of Sonic Riders Zero Gravity.
right. Yeah, that was Sealed Ground by Kenichi Takoi off of Sonic Rider's Zero Gravity. And uh, this soundtrack is overall, I consider it, or I would categorize it, categorize this as techno-symphonic. And so there's like a, it's really uh, like orchestra-based. Like there's a lot of strings. Um, there's a lot of brass as well. But on top of all that, like what's layered on top of it, is a lot of techno elements or like really funky, weird sounds that can only come from um, from a like c- computer synthesized. So other than that, it's a very upbeat soundtrack at times. Like I would say half half and half between like upbeat and very like morose or like just really um, kind of sad or cautious in tone. And so a lot of it, yeah, like Sonic is very known for its very uplifting tunes, uplifting sounds. But when the story like gets going and our hero falls, then there's a a sense of like there's a lot more tension in the music. There's a lot more um, like, how are we going to be able to get over this? Are we going to like get over this hurdle or try like triumph against all evil? So... That is another uh, factor of the soundtrack. I think just, I think that's what makes a lot of Sonic soundtracks like really good. There's just a lot of um, complimentary sounds, or it's a it, the music kind of can tell a story. Um, again, I heard a lot of brass and a lot of strings, but I only heard piano once, which was in Aquatic Time, and I have to assume that um, just the instrument use like the piano is a lot more suitable for water um like based like levels or um or stages and so that was definitely a good choice to to do that i don't think strings in a <laughs> strings underwater doesn't sound as good as a piano or i guess uh, they could have also used like a flute like they used in sealed ground but it's a really great soundtrack uh again more more of but Sonic is like they, they it's just all it's always so so good. I can't get over that. I can't get over the fact that all Sonic music is just fantastic. But I mean the gameplay though. Thankfully this one still has some pretty solid gameplay. They really messed it up in Free Riders. If you, if you know about Free Riders, I'm sorry. But I will be playing for you uh Catch Me If You Can by Kenichi Takoi off of Sonic Riders Zero Gravity. This is actually a song that was uh featured in the previous game in Sonic Riders as like the ending theme like they had a whole um like cutscene and everything and it had this song and this song actually had me going as a kid this was this was like my anthem <laughs> for a little while um and I used to do like some uh, this, this sounds a little cringy but like I used to do some like video game music covers I mean like really just like Sonic music covers as a kid and I'd upload it to my YouTube channel and I mean I got some positive reception and uh, if I if I kept going I, I did a cover of like Sonic Colors I think theme song but if I kept going I would have definitely gone to uh, Catch Me If You Can eventually and God knows the world needed that so unfortunately never gonna happen but here's Catch Me If You Can by Kenichi Takoi. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Core Score. That was Catch Me If You Can by Kenichi Takoi. And I was resisting the urge to just to the completely bop to that. <laughs> Those lyrics are kind of like etched in my memory. But um, now we will move on to, um, to Crash Team Racing by Mark Mothersbaugh and Josh Mansell. Now, uh, I have really no familiarity with Crash Team Racing other than I know that I've one of my friends is uh, like a diehard Crash Team Racing fan, and um, and again, it's one of the one of the best kart racers you can play. Like to this day, it's uh, it's pretty aged by now. I think it was released on the PS One, so probably around eighteen to twenty years old by now. But even then, a lot of the kart racers actually of that era are highly playable, highly enjoyable. And aren't really grating to your ear. And actually, quite the opposite. And so I'll play you uh, Rocky Road by Mark Mothersbow and Josh Mansell off of Crash Team Racing. That was Rocky Road by Mark Mothersbow and Josh Mansell off of Crash Team Racing. That, that song and this whole soundtrack is really bass focused. They put the bass at the forefront of it and it's like a really nice funky like um, like licky bass. And uh, it's really enjoyable to hear because uh, you hear all the elements that are going around it and you hear this like this bass like ostinato um, and it's it's just really nice like it's it's nice to uh compliment the gameplay where it's not too like overbearing it's just like pretty simplistic when you when you like rip away all the pieces but the base is the really important part and they push that forward and that's a really good thing that they did um it's very percussive as well and um it, which makes it really up tempo, upbeat. You're like, oh, um, this is this is a race. You're you're supposed to go fast. 
So something slow wouldn't really uh, add to that to that experience. Um, also, I noticed that there's really a lack of like melodies again because it's bass focus. It's just um, it's just that, and um, any type of other elements are just to supplement that bass. And I know you can probably say that for a lot of things. Like the bass is the bass forms the core of um, of harmony or at least of different chords usually but but in this case it's um it's mostly just very rhythmic very yeah very bass heavy and um just very fun <laughs> and you can also tell that it's not orchestrated using like live instruments um there might be some like guitar in there like real guitar in there but all of it's pretty synthesized or all using midi but that is perfectly okay <laughs> it's really good a uh, really great soundtrack and um, I'll be playing you Polar Pass by Mark Mothersbow and Josh Mansell just to cap it all off score that was polar pass by mark mothersbow and josh mansell off of crash team racing now polar pass actually illustrates one problem i have with a lot of like winter music or like winter levels in games where they like basically like the composer's like oh i have a track i have a track for a level of this game um and it just so happens that the track or the the stage or level is like a snow level or it's winter themed or it's christmas themed and so you have this track right and you're just like okay now how do i make this feel like winter feel like there's snow outside let me just add a sleigh bell and so they add a sleigh bell and i feel like it detracts from like the rest of the track entirely because there's no there's no cohesion in a sleigh bell, I feel. Sleigh bells are just, I, I don't, I can't understand 
really the use of a sleigh bell in music. There's there's a lot of different ways you can go about making wintery music or snow music or Christmas music that doesn't involve a sleigh bell. It's like it's grating too because it's in like every it, it's it's the go to for any snow level or any of that kind of environment. And so actually for the break, I'm going to play Sherbert Land by Shinobu Tanaka and Kenta Nagata from Mario Kart Double Dash. And this is a song that doesn't have any sleigh bells, but you can get more of a feeling of the environment of like, this is a snowy place, despite that fact. Like if you took out the sleigh bell from Polar Pass, you would have no idea what that level feels like or what that level kind of looks like. But this, th- this is this is completely different. And I don't know, I don't know if it's just me, but take a listen to this and see how it is in relation. Please. Welcome back to Core of Score. I'm your host, Javon Kwaku, and we are about to start this week's tag, Tech, Anime, and Gaming. But before that, I just wanted to, to reaffirm the fact that, uh, see, Sherbert Land doesn't need sleigh bells. It doesn't need sleigh bells. You don't need sleigh bells. All right. Aside from that, let's get on to the news. Ooh, wait, hold up. Let me get the news music. All right, all right. So this week has been pretty uneventful, all things considered. A lot of um, a lot of game news has re- just been about releases or reviews or anything about that, um, like Animal Crossing: New Horizons, Doom Eternal. That's on the horizon. So that's gonna be great to see in a couple weeks. But one thing that did happen is a lot of companies are moving out. Uh, or dropping out of GDC, which is the Game Developers Conference. And due to that, uh, because of the coronavirus, uh, GDC has been officially canceled. And this is a little bit of a problem for, let me just put the 
This is a little bit of a problem for a lot of indie developers and participants who don't have the, the funds or a lot of the money to to not like go to this event because you already like pay for this event you're already uh, set up to to go and there's so much planning that that's involved in getting your game over there or just being a developer to um, to participate in the conference learn a lot about like game development and game design and different aspects of like game development as a whole and so a a fund has been like uh, been servicing a relief fund for all like the indie developers or participants who aren't able to financially um, like so they can financially get back on their feet they can they can get back to where they were as developers or participants and act like GDC never happened now Phil Spencer is a is the Xbox boss he is the head of Xbox, and he has stated in a recent interview that he doesn't believe that physical console gaming will go away in the next 10 years. He actually sees himself playing um, like his console, like hooking it up to his TV and playing it that way. And, um, and quote, he said that, I think it's going to be the best way for me to play on my television to have a local device, download the game, and play. But sometimes I'm not in front of my television. Sometimes I'm not in front of a device that has the native capability to play. And that's our bet on cloud. So he's making a really interesting point here where it's like a lot of, um, a lot of like companies are trying to move towards cloud gaming, even Microsoft themselves, or at least they're trying to get into a different uh, like ecosystem or breach into that ecosystem, that space. And cloud gaming is definitely a ways off. Uh, Stadia, Google Stadia, has been <laughs> has been an astronomical flop, and it's such a shame. But because of that, because of that failure, more and more people are going to try to succeed where Google failed. Um, Nvidia, I believe, is doing a cloud-based uh, streaming service as well, gaming streaming service, and. I'm really excited to see what is possible in that space. What can be done to make this a more efficient, a way better process than it is already. Because as file sizes are growing larger, physical storage is kind of dwindling. I mean, it's getting it's getting a lot cheaper to have physical storage. But at the same time, it's a problem when you have to really like download 100 gigabyte like um, files or updates for your your game when you just first boot it up but i completely understand the fact that like physical gaming i don't think will ever really turn into a cloud because there's 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 something only like the actual physical hardware can like do when people went to the arcades it was the um, the clamor around them just like inputting that coin just watching the lights go like there's so much physicality that's like that, like it's the same thing with like um with analog and digital like music with uh vinyls with cds that's still the higher quality like cds are the highest quality you can have and um and vinyls are just that kind of 
not i'm like i'm thinking of like the hipster hipster kind of vibe but they're like cool because you put it on your turntable you spin it and it's so it's so sick to to hear music coming out of that and so i think gaming will probably be somewhat similar to that in that there are old heads who are like oh i prefer like the arcade i prefer that kind of style i prefer the physicality of games compared to people who are like oh no i just want to download my games i just want to stream my games I just want the games to be wherever I am and not have to worry about carrying uh, like a little bit, a little case of games wherever I go. So I can definitely understand both sides. Um, Plague Inc. has been banned in China and has been taken off the app store there. And uh, this was a government um, force thing. Uh, the developers. See. The developers, Endemic Creations, had this to say about their like to their player base in China. So we have some very sad news to share with our China-based players. We've just been informed that Plague Inc. includes content that is illegal in China, as determined by the Cyberspace Administration of China, and has been removed from the China App Store. This situation is completely out of our control. So this is them saying like, okay, we didn't do anything like this. This is the Chinese government pressuring us, and the Chinese government has been in recent times trying to kind of quell all like knowledge or um, any like information about the coronavirus and trying to like kind of stop that. But I think they should probably like support it more. Like this, just there's there's no there's no harm in people knowing this information, and also this is just a random game that like is about disease spreading but that has been um the game itself is harmless it's completely harmless and it's not completely accurate to like real world events it's just a game <laughs> so i don't know um what what the people in the in the chinese government are truly thinking here but control is control they have power they have control now, one big news, I mean, this is this is just for, this is for me, but like, you know, for a couple of people. So Juan de Biedma, aka Hungrybox, has been begging and pleading for financial support for the Smash scene recently, and he hasn't been getting it. But just a couple days ago, they announced the Smash World Tour. And the Smash World Tour is a community-driven professional world circuit for both Super Smash Bros. Melee and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And this is an excerpt from the site. So between Platinum, Gold, and Silver tournaments, players can earn points from community events all around the world. At the end of the year, the competitors with the most points will be flown out for the Smash World Tour championships on December 17th to 20th with over a combined $250,000 on the line. Players can earn points from both the largest Smash events in the world and their local weeklies. Our goal is that the Smash World Tour encourages growth at every event level. So this is organized by the people at VG Bootcamp and Super Smash Con, and they're hoping that uh, Smash World Tour will eventually become a bridge for Nintendo to officially sponsor uh, Smash Bros. And so I think that this is a pretty crazy move by them to uh, to even get that prize pool of $250,000. That 
is a lot of money and could go a long way to supporting some of our top players who can't even break even flying out to some of the largest events. Um, like I know a friend, um, my friend JW, who's currently, I believe, number one in Canada. He's the Greninja for Smash Ultimate. And he used to um, he used to do money matches to get the money back from all of his travel expenses. And it's crazy to think that like you you are like the best player in Canada. And there's no financial support, there's no really help except for like crowdfunding to get you to where you need to be, to where you can show the world that you are the best. So this is a again a really great addition to um, to the Smash scene. And I hope that this fosters some more events like this, some more pro circuits, some other organized uh, events. And so I'm definitely gonna look out, I'm definitely gonna see if I can be one of the top 32 to be flown out. <laughs> That's gonna be, it's gonna be really enjoyable. Um, really cool to see. But with that, that ends our new section for today, our tag. But stay tuned, because after this, we are going to go into our composer corner with Asuka Hayazaki. So I'll be playing you Dolphin Shoals by Atsuko Asahi from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe.
Welcome back to Core of Score on WPPM 106.5 FM. Now, as we close out, or as we are about to close out our our little show here, I just wanted to make sure that you guys are having as good of a time as I am. I'm having a blast listening to all these throwbacks. <laughs> actually, um, Mario Kart 8 was actually a game that I played competitively as well. And I know it's a shock. It's probably a shock to a lot of you. Because, like, how do you play a kart racer competitively? Like, that doesn't make any sense. I was actually part of a clan that, um, like, this big YouTuber had. And I, I mean, like, I kind of, I, I, pl- I played a lot on stream with him. And then he noticed how good I was, and he like recruited me onto his his um, his clan, and um, I was really excited because he was one of my favorite YouTubers at the time, and um, I mean we like competed against like other clans and stuff, and it was so much fun, and I won actually one of the tournaments that was held, and I actually had to I actually like yeah I won like a physical thing, and I never got that <laughs> that's one of the things like i i never got that and i never reached out i never reached out to uh i i know who i know who hosted it but i never reached out to them saying like oh i never got my stuff i never like got my thing i know she is a smash player though and um uh, and whenever whenever i like meet up with her i'll probably be like yo eight years ago <laughs> i'm still waiting i'm still waiting but um but yeah, so that was that was in the past. That was in the past. But now we are here in the present, and we have Asuka Hayazaki as our composer today. Um, I think I'll play you play you a song of hers. Uh, you may know her as the composer of Mario Kart Wii, as well as Yoshi Touch and Go, and a lot of a lot of the like uh, Four Swords Adventures. So I'll play you a song from uh, from Mario Kart Wii, Maple Treeway by Asuka Hayazaki. Maple Treeway by Asuka Hayazaki off of Mario Kart Wii. 
Now, Asuka Hayazaki began her work at Nintendo in 2003 after being recruited by Koji Kondo. He noticed how good she was as a composer and decided to recruit her. She joined Nintendo EAD sound team and began working on the soundtrack for The Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures along with Koji Kondo. Her work carried more lighthearted and playful themes than Koji Kondo's, like a lot more serious and orchestral and grand vibes. And um, her original, um, and she worked well with the playful nature of the game of Four Swords Adventures. And although later on, although working with Toru Minigeshi and Kazumi Tataka for her next game, Yoshi Touch and Go, she was given much more freedom with the project and composed new songs for the series, as well as remixing older ones. And those songs eventually found their way onto Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Super Smash Bros. Brawls. <laughs> it's a really difficult one to plur- uh, to do, but uh, extensive song library. So there's a lot of songs in the in the game, and she was featured in uh, some of them. So Hayazaki would go on to work as Tataka's assistant for Animal Crossing Wild World, and that showed her great skill in creating memorable tunes that are essentially background music. But a lot of the songs can also be um, like you, they're all they're very memorable. They're very lively. They have memorable melodies, and so that showed her skill, her great skill in composition, and. Because of that, she got to work on composing the Nisuru Mario Bros. like soundtrack. So this was a really tall task for her. She had to um, to compose the music for the revival of the f- famed and legendary Super Mario Bros. franchise, and she kind of set the bar and tone for the rest of the quote unquote new series of games like New Super Mario Bros. Wii, New Super Mario Bros. U, all of that. And so she uh, created, like, the new Mario, like, the essence of what new Mario is. After that, after she established herself, she worked on more high-profile games, like The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess and Mario Kart Wii. (laughs) And um, I believe many people have heard her work from Mario Kart Wii, as it currently sits at number nine of the best-selling games of all time. So if you haven't played this game... I don't know where you're at. You got to go to your neighbor's house. They probably have a Wii with Mario Kart Wii inside it. Like, this this is a game that sold, like, crazy. And if, I like, there's just so many memorable songs from it, uh, like Coconut Mall or the main theme. Um, there's just so many songs that, like, that are kind of ingrained in memory. But I'll be playing a couple of songs as I am about to end my show for this afternoon. Um, I had a wonderful time listening to the music as well as talking to all of you. And um, and yeah, and you can find the Core of Score on Anchor FM as well as Spotify and Google Play Music. I'm not sure if I'm on Apple Music yet, but um, we'll get there. We'll get there. But if you have any suggestions for anything, if you have any comments you want to send my way send it on my anchor fm page um always there actively listening actively looking and um 
And you can even follow me on my Instagram, uh, Bon Kojo, B-O-N underscore, like, underscore K-O-J-O. So see you guys. I'll be playing you Coconut Mall and Rainbow Road by Asuka Hayazaki off of Mario Kart Wii.